We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Bobby Wilson here from the TNT College Football Podcast. Glad to be back on tonight. Hope everybody's doing well. If you're listening to this uh, recording, it's my next installment of my FBS College Football Breakdowns, uh, continuing to break down all 133 FBS College Football programs. And in this installment, I have the USF Bulls, who are uh, under a lot of changes, uh, to say the least. I mean, just this past week, uh, they received AAU membership and a new on-campus stadium uh, received board approval for a $340 million uh, facility starting uh, that should be complete by 2026. Um, just this past year, they saw an on-campus practice facility open. So a lot of fresh things happening at USF, and that also continues with the head coaching position now manned by Alex Gullish, um, who, if you know a little bit about him, brilliant offensive mind when it comes to college football um he's been last year was named one of the top 15 coaches under 40 by cbs sports he was a Broyles award finalist which is which goes to the best uh one of the best goes to the best assistant coach um in college football then he was the play caller for uh the 2022 tennessee volunteers the offense that ranked number one nationally in scoring at over 47 points per game Number one in yards per game at over 538. Number one in points per possession at over three. And number one in yards per play at 7.35. Um, so just an amazing offense that he was a part of. Obviously, quarterback Hendon Hooker was Heisman front runner most of the year. Then he coached the 2022 Blitnikoff Award winner in Jalen Hyatt while at Tennessee. Um, so, so tons of upgrades there. He's also been on on the staff at UCF, Iowa State, Illinois, Toledo, Oklahoma State, NIU, Ohio State. Um, just a tremendous football coach and a tr- tremendously bright mind. And, and, and I love um, the story of his family. He comes, he's a son of Russian of Russian immigrant parents. Um, just just a just a tremendous uh, success story. And Coach Gullish. But uh, looking into um, a little bit more into the program, currently they play at Raymond James Stadium, which seats 75,000. Um, obviously home to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the South Florida Bulls, both since it uh, opened in 1998. Um, also plays host to a couple different bowl games. Um, but of course, Bulls fans couldn't be more excited to be leaving that venue for their future on-campus stadium. Uh, but they do have a, a pretty good home field advantage when it comes to that Tampa Heat. Uh, if they're bringing teams down from the north or the Midwest, like in my case where I'm from, uh, if you're coming to a game to play there in September, 
is going to be rough. So they have that home field advantage, and they're just a tremendous group of fans as well who just love and support this program. But, again, that on-campus stadium just this past week received board approval for a $340 million investment, and and hopefully it will be opened by 2026. So just just an amazing uh, stretch here for the Bulls when it comes to some of the advancements they've made. Like I said, an on-campus indoor practice facility, uh, receiving AAU membership, and that on-campus stadium coming just leads to some amazingly uh, just some amazing things in the future for this program. Uh, a coach on the rise, that's something new I'm doing this year. Uh, I'm going to go with Matt Merritt, who is the associate head coach, run game coordinator, running backs coach. Anytime you get that associate head coach tag next to your name, it means uh, you're highly thought of as a, as a coach moving up the ranks. Um, but looking at um, some of his uh, – Previous stops, he was at Ohio State for a while, then went to Elon, uh, was on, I should say, was on the national championship team, uh, part of the coaching staff at Ohio State in 2014 when they won the national championship over Oregon, um, on the FCS national runner-up at JMU in 2019. So uh, then, of course, uh, most recently has been a part of, was a part of Tennessee's offensive uh, staff, hence the fact that you, uh, the ties with Coach Golish. But this past year was at Georgia Southern. Uh, their offense ranked 19th in FBS in total offense and number 30 in points. Uh, so a tremendous job that he did in his, in his one-year stint at Georgia Southern. Um, just uh, somebody on the rise to look at just, uh, just in a short time. Has really risen up the ranks, and I think it's only a matter of time before he gets an opportunity to lead his own program. So, so now diving into oh, well, first let's look at the 2023 schedule for USF. They open up at Western Kentucky um, week one. Side note, I'm really looking forward to being able to go to that game. I plan on being there for that game. Um, then they got Florida A&M. They got Alabama coming to Tampa. Then Rice at Navy, at UAB, FAU, at UConn, at Memphis, Temple, at UTSA, and Charlotte. So the non-con of at Western Kentucky, Florida A&M, Alabama, and at UConn. UConn, much improved football team who uh, should not be taken lightly. Um, Obviously, Alabama is Alabama. Florida A&M is obviously a game that USF needs to get, need to win that one. Western Kentucky will be interesting because Western Kentucky has the uh, leading passer in the country returning in Austin Reed. Um, and if you know the issues that USF's defense had last year, uh, that could be a scary combination as USF was arguably the worst defense in America last year, giving up over 41 points per game and nearly 517 yards per game. So uh, tough task week one to go up against one of the most high-powered offenses in college football. Uh, But then when you look at the conference slate, you begin the conference play with Rice and then at Navy. So two two games to start the conference slate that are winnable football games for sure. So 
then another one I'm intrigued by, FAU is the homecoming game for USF, but also my beloved Detroit Lions play that Sunday in Tampa Bay as well. So maybe, maybe I'll be making a trip to Tampa Bay, but that's a side note. Um, looking at position-by-position position breakdown now, uh, offensively, Al Skolish always gets good uh, contributions from his quarterbacks. Uh, this year at USF, uh, he'll, we, we see a three-man competition for the job. Uh, Jerry Bohannon uh, started seven games last season after transferring in from Baylor, um, highly regarded guy coming in um, before he injured his shoulder last year, then had to miss those last the last five games of the season. Um, Byron Brown played really well in the final two games of the season. Uh, he is in definitely has an opportunity to win this job as those last two games, yes, they lost those two games. But uh, he put them in really good positions to have an opportunity to win those games at Tulsa and then against UCF. Um, just, a, just a really, really talented young player um, who has a real chance to win this job. And then the other, per, the other guy that has an opportunity is Bryce Archie, uh, transferring in from Coastal Carolina. Uh, he has a lot of talent, but he was behind Grayson McCall, um, so he uh, decided to uh, chase an opportunity. And he comes to USF, and he absolutely has an opportunity to win the win the job. Uh, these three guys are going to be competing, um, going to be led by a fantastic coach who uh, has coached some pretty good ones. And uh, obviously, last season coaching Hendon Hooker, um, these three guys, you might be able to mold them into something like that. Um, uh, Bohannon's probably setting what you got with him. I mean, he's a talented senior, but. Uh, Byron Brown and Bryce Archie are both younger players, so you have an opportunity to kind of mold them guys into what you would like them to be. So I, I, I think this is a competition that uh, that's going to be really, really interesting. I mean, Jerry Bohannon obviously has been there and done that as a player, and I personally think that he'll probably be the week one starter. But Byron Brown brings a lot to the table um, as a as a passer and a runner. And he, like I said, he looked pretty dang good in those last two games of the season. So I don't put it past him to win the job either. But if you tell me right now, pick somebody, I would probably go with Jerry Bohannon just because of the experience factor. Golish is calling the running back unit the strength of the team, which is interesting uh, because of some of the issues they've had the past handful of years. Uh, Florida transfer Naquan Wright looked impressive in the spring. Um, one of the bright spots there. And then uh, Dominic Ganella has also been added from North Dakota State. And then uh, Kelly Joyner Jr. and Michael Dukes also return. So uh, <clears throat> this is probably the deepest the running back spot has been in a handful of years. And this is even with losing leading rusher Brian Batty to Auburn, which was a huge hit. Um, but Golish and company have done a pr pretty darn good job in uh, adding pieces to the running back unit. And, and like I said, this, this is a quote from him. It's one of the strengths of the team. So <clears throat> if a bright offensive mind like himself says that, then I have to agree with it. Um, now the receiver position, USF has never had a 1,000-yard receiver in its 25-year 25 25 history, which I thought was uh, pretty interesting, an interesting statistics that I saw uh, Phil Steele put out. So I thought I would include that. I thought it was an interesting thing to uh, just to see. 
Uh, this year, the receiving core loses a lot, um, but the additions of uh, Jaden Alexis from Texas, Seth Jones from Baylor, Naeem Simmons um, from Wagner, uh, Michael Brown Stevens from Minnesota, and tight end Weston Wolf from Maryland are massive. Naeem Simmons coming from Wagner had 72 receptions last year. Alexis was a highly ranked recruit at Texas. And uh, Weston Wolf returning home to uh, to Florida. Um, just big-time additions. And then Yusuf Terry, Kafreya Brown, Sean Atkins, and Seth Jones all return at the receiving position. So, <clears throat> yes, they lost. They lose a lot via the transfer portal from the receiving position. But they were able to add some really key pieces. And the guys they have returning, um, if they can stay healthy, I think this group can be very much improved. I really do. I think this is a really good group that could really do some things given productive quarterback play and staying healthy from the group's perspective. Um, the offensive line signed nine new faces after only having seven on scholarship when Golish was was hired. Um, left tackle Donovan Jennings returns from a broken leg that he suffered during the year last year. He is uh, by far the most experienced guy on the line and a very talented player. And then there's the additions of uh, Zane Herring from Florida State, R.J. Perry from Tennessee, uh, Deontay Bowie from the junior college ranks, and uh, Derek Bauman from Houston. Are, those are all much-needed additions like I said, as this unit um, was a little thin when Golish was hired. Looking at the defense, I, I already said this, but I'll say it again. Uh, this defense last year was arguably the worst in college football. They gave up over 41 points per game and nearly 517 yards per game. But this unit will be very experienced in 2023. They have a ton of returning players and I think that can mean they'll only improve, especially um, with the new coaching staff involved and the energy around the program and just being around uh, good coaching. Um, not to say that the previous coaching staff was bad, um, but just re-energizing things is more what I mean here. Um, that energy really helps raise the level of some of the players, of all the players. Uh, the defensive line returns defensive end Jason Vaughn, who had five sacks, which led the team last year, and uh, Tramel Logan, uh, along with defensive tackle uh, Rashad Cheney Jr. And then there's the additions of Bernard Gooden from Wake Forest, DJ Harris Jr. from Texas, Lloyd Summerall from Florida, Doug Blur Eli from TCU, Emmanuel Hickman from East Carolina, and Rico Watson from Robert Morris, the FCS level provide great depth to this position. Um, like I said, they return some guys who have valuable experience, but it's the additions giving that depth that are really going to help that position. I feel like the defensive line is going to be drastically improved, which is something that they need. Um, the linebacking unit returns uh, DJ Gordon, the fourth, who had, who has 66 tackles last season, along with Mac Harris and Jalen Schuler. And then, but the, the additions of, uh, Jamie Petway from FAU and Andrew Mataofa from uh, Utah provide good depth. Um, Gordon, DJ Gordon the fourth is a pretty darn good linebacker. Um, just getting those other pieces around him to help make plays um, should help this unit a lot. Uh, 
the secondary returns almost intact. Um, a ton of experience on this group just because there's been injuries and different guys playing. Um, but they can only go up from where they were last year. Cornerbacks uh, Christian Williams, Amaris Brown, and Ben Knox all have experience. All have experience along with safeties uh, Jalen Stokes, Will Jones, Logan Berryhill, Matthew Hill, Jaden Curry, and T Max Simpson. Um, some of these guys uh, line up might line up in a nickelback type of role, um, but there's plenty of experience in the group. And then they added a really good piece from Oklahoma and Kendall Dennis, um, who, who could potentially get one of those starting roles, um, just depending on how things shake out. Um, looking at special teams, kicker Brandon Farrell transfers in from Virginia, uh, while punter Andrew Stokes has plenty of experience. And then finding return specialists should not be hard with the athletes on this roster. Um, they lose Brian Batty, who was pretty electric on, in the return game. And then final analysis, this is my opinion. Um, Alex Golish takes over and has to rebuild an entire program. I mean, there, that cannot be... Um, overstated um, enough. I mean, this is a definite rebuild. Um, USF went 4-29 and over the past three seasons with only one FBS victory. Uh, Golish should get to four wins or more in year one. So, I mean, they won four games the past three years. I mean, that they should be able to do that um, in year one, um, which will be quite the feat considering what he walked into. I mean, this was... It was a mess, to, to say the least, and I know you, USF fans would agree with that. Um, but Golish has said all the right things, done all the right things, and he's done a tremendous job already recruiting. Um, I, I think everybody in college football agrees this, that this USF football program is a potential sleeping giant just because of the fact they're in Tampa and – just the recruiting area in the surrounding counties is arguably the most fertile in the country. Um, there, there's, you're not going to find a, a better area to recruit talent. Um, so I think with the coaching staff they have in place and the prioritizing that they've put on recruiting the Tampa metro area in those surrounding counties is going to be a game changer for this pro for this program and the university and then maybe more importantly, just the uh, investment by the university into the program itself and into athletics as a whole. I mean, anytime you put up a indoor practice facility, um, you approve a on-campus stadium and, and the AAU membership is huge too when it comes to the uh, conference realignment talks. So, I think USF is a huge player in all this, and they're on the rise, that's for sure. So, uh, But at the end of the day, <clears throat> this team did win one game last year. They went 1-11, 0-8 in the AAC. So there's plenty of rebuilding that needs to take place, and USF fans do need to be realistic and give this team time and this coaching staff time to, uh, to get to uh, – where they want to be. And I think it's only a matter of time before they do. So uh, thank you again for tuning in uh, to these breakdowns. It's a blast doing all these, and I really, really love it. 
Uh, please like, subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Please follow the podcast Twitter account at TNT College Foot One. Everybody have a good night. God bless.